The Silly Goose Gang Podcast. Silly Goose Gang back online, episode 24, and tonight we're joined by Joel Struthers, French Foreign Legion, System D podcast, and author of Appel. Joel, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Thank you for having me on, and uh, yeah, good day to, uh, or good evening to to your side of the water in Scotland from Vancouver, Canada. Yeah, it's, um, it's like, like I was saying before we started, Joel, for a, a runoff uh, military men on, and it's, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. I think you've got a... A realistic viewpoint of the world, and it's uh, it's always fun to talk to you and get your ideas and your views and things. So yeah, thanks for coming. Um, Appreciate the opportunity, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. Uh, yeah, just you know, I seen you had before. Uh, you had a, was that an Oilers cap you had on? Yeah, representing the uh, the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know they're a good oh, team. Wait, famous for Wayne Gretzky. I grew up. Yeah, I grew up in uh, Alberta, where Edmonton is the. Uh, yeah, one of the large cities in, in Alberta, and yeah, always a fan. I get a lot of grief for it, but uh, hey, such is life, right? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I'll wear yeah, it. There we we've go. We've got, um, we have a, I used to, not anymore really, but um, there's a, a hockey team uh, three miles from here, the Five Flyers. Yeah. Shout out to the Five Flyers. So they, uh, they had a few Canadians, a few, yeah, do you know, uh, Laurie Boschman ended up coming over here late in his career. Um, uh, sounds familiar, yeah, Boschman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he came over. He came straight gotcha. out the. He came straight out the you know, um, the NHL and was way too good to be playing in Scotland. But it was cool. It's cool to see yeah. guys like that coming over. So yeah, um, yeah. But you were you you played hockey, is that right? I did. Yeah, I played. Uh, you know, shit. It was a it was a short career, junior A, tier two in uh, a city called. Uh, uh, geez, where was it? Um, Lloydminster, and uh, with the Blazers. They've changed names since, but yeah, it was that was my dream as a young man was to play hockey, and uh, you know I think unfortunately as I got a bit older and a little more aggressive, my game changed, and I thought I was more of an enforcer than a, a goal scorer. And I, to be honest with you, I should have stuck with my my game, which was scoring goals, because I didn't have the size or the chin to be. But such is life, right? But uh, yeah, anyone who uh, made it to the NHL and then yeah, that's that's quite the life. Some yeah. of those um, some of those enforcers are. Are big men. Uh, oh yeah, some, yeah. Some real, yeah. I didn't, some real big guys. Exactly. I didn't do my research, unfortunately. I should have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Who was who was, uh, was, was famous enforcer that travelled with him to the Kings from Edmonton? It was part of the trade. Did he not have a really famous enforcer, or am I making that up? Yeah, it was uh, Marty McSorley, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. He oh, followed him to L.A. and uh, yeah, was kind of his uh, his enforcer. Yeah, yeah. No, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've uh, I've been to Scotland. Um, I spent a year. My dad was going to staff college in Bracknell, just outside of London, with the military there, and uh, yeah, yeah. we traveled up uh, to uh, you know check out obviously Inverness, some of the Edinburgh, oh, right. okay. and uh, yeah, fond memories of uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. And uh, I've, I've obviously I've seen Braveheart like everybody, so uh, I feel yeah. like <laughs> just, just <laughs> the it's one hundred percent historically accurate. Just if you're wondering, yeah, I bet, I bet, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something I didn't visit was uh, Adrian's Wall. Is something that I always wanted. Uh, maybe I will. I have relatives that live in Bath. Um, All right, okay. So I might take advantage and then do another trip up into uh, your part you of the know, world. Yeah. You, you know, um, 
when you look at you know what the Romans did, the Roma, the Romans conquered everywhere and they came up through England and then he got to yeah. the border of Scotland and went fuck that, build a wall. Yeah, fuck that, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it says a lot. It's uh, something to be proud of for sure. It yeah. says a lot. Yeah, fucking build yeah. a great big wall. Keep the, keep those lunatics out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad, they reckon that's inspiration for the wall in Game of Thrones. You, you seen Game of Thrones, Joe? Yeah, I have, yeah. You know, the yes, white wall, yeah. the big wall? They think yeah. that was George R.R. R. Martin got the idea from Hadrian's Wall, as in anything north sense. of the wall was the wildlings, the crazy yeah. bastards. Keep yeah. them up out there yeah. away from civilization. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, one thing that I'm glad, just going back a little bit there, Joel, is you said the correct pronunciation of Edinburgh not like the Americans who say Edinburgh, and it's mm. fucking annoying. So congratulations, you, you said it. <laughs> I <probably>. appreciate that. <laughs> That's a, a, a good start. Excellent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, how um, how are you finding how how are you finding the podcast life, Joe? The, the System D podcast. Yeah, um, I'm sure you guys can you know agree it's easier said than done. Um, Absolutely. It it is fun. I mean, it's I I enjoy it because you get to talk to people that typically you wouldn't have the opportunity to do so, and then. Obviously, with the Skype or, or other platforms, you can do it across the world. But the initial setup um, had been or has been frustrating. Lessons learned by error. I've, I think I've made all the mistakes. But such is life, right? But the end result, yeah, we're getting there. I and mean, we at this point, we've only done we've done four. But the people we've had on, um, proud of you know, they're interesting characters, mm. things to learn from, and then the learning how to interview people is uh, is new to me. Um, so it's, yeah, I'm enjoying the process in, in short, I won't bore you with, with the details, but so far so good. And, uh, yeah, I could see, I could see this going on for, for a while. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like it's, um, it's, you know, you're saying you've done four, we've done, did you say this was 24, Ali? 24? So, nice. you, know, you, you know, we've seen this, you know, we don't come from a background in, in media or anything, just yeah. two friends that went, let's just, just speak to people, um, yeah. because we're bored and it's, uh, you know, we keep laughing, you know, we keep laughing every time we finish these calls with you know people like you and and we're like an FBI guy on and and just keep laughing and going. This we've been doing this for like fucking seventy days. Yeah. <laughs> do, you know, do you know? And it's just like we're just yeah. learning constantly how to structure things and how to. Yeah. You have to pay attention in the conversation because there's something uh, you maybe want to come back to, but somebody's in flow, so you don't want to yeah. interrupt them. So you have to. You know, there's a lot. There's, you know, yeah. a lot a lot of people think, yeah, yeah. I could do that. And you go, oh, okay, do it. This is this is no exactly really not an easy yeah. thing to do. So, no. um, and then also being yourself, I I found that that's a challenge too. Is and that's what's good about podcasts is you see the you see the real person, right? It's not staged. It's not media. No, no, no. you get a real good feeling for the person that that's being interviewed, or even the interviewers. You know, you get the the truth comes out. But um, it's also remembering that you can't be yourself 100% because if you start throwing F-bombs or, or saying things that can be taken wrong, you know, it can yeah. obviously hinders the, uh, yeah, we did you have one. To be yeah, super, you, have to be yeah, you have to be super careful, of what, especially in yeah. 2020, yeah. you have to be yeah. very exactly. careful of what you're yeah. saying. So there's, and as you say, learning how to interview, keeping it flowing. Uh, we did one with one of our teammates, actually our last one. He was a teammate when I was in the, uh, the Legion. He's still in, he's an officer and, um, his English, he's French. So his English wasn't at a level where he felt comfortable answering the questions in uh, in English, but we had anticipated doing it in English and just kind of getting through it. But last minute, we decided he he wanted to do it in French. So I had to ask the questions in English, and then in French, he would answer in French, and then I would have to translate it into English. So 
I wasn't, we weren't necessarily hundred percent prepared, so we got it done, but they're, you know, watching it after, which is not much fun for me watching yourself or, or listening to myself <laughs> talk, but you know, I could see that I had missed, sometimes I didn't say the question in English or I missed the, the translation at the end. And yeah, that's, that's definitely a challenge, the bilingual type, uh, yeah, which we're be. probably going to run into a lot more. Um, but you learn, right? You learn. You guys, I'm sure. sure from your your first podcast to where you are now, I'm sure you guys have come a, a long way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, um, <laughs> just, just, yeah. It's funny because you know Ali will sometimes say to me, "Can you just go and check this on YouTube or on on uh, Apple?" And yeah. I and I and I hate listening to myself. I don't oh, like yeah. listen to myself. It's so weird. Ugh, yeah. Fucking. Oh, I'm such an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah. but yeah, or watching uh, yourself, you know, watching yeah, too. I, you know, it's horrible. it's tough. Yeah, it's yeah, tough. That's yeah. a horrible thing to uh, do. But yeah, it's um, that's funny. It's, it's a great, great fun. It's um, it's really good fun. So, uh, you know, who thought two guys from Scotland, you know, from small villages in Scotland, would talk to, you know, Joe Struthers? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's, a, it's for us. It seems crazy, but you know, we're um. We're enjoying doing it, and uh, we'll keep pushing forward. Like you know, what else is it? Good for you. Um, so yeah, it's cool. So I yeah, think so... one of the things as well. I think one of the things you're saying, Joel, about trying to be yourself is important because I'm sure you're like us. You listen to a lot of podcasts. Yep. And you don't want to be Joe Rogan. You don't want yeah. to be Jocko. You don't want yeah. to be you know insert whoever yeah. you listen to. I'm just throwing those two names out. Yeah, no, but exactly. just throwing your mind because you listen to them all the time, but yeah. you don't want to be. You don't want to fall, you know, we don't want to throw on a mid-Atlantic accent and sound like a, yeah. an MTV yeah. guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's no, right, yeah. Trying to be genuine and honest and put a bit of your personality across. Um, it's, yeah. it's definitely not as easy as people think. No, I, I agree 100%. It's funny you mentioned the Jocko one because obviously that was my first introduction to, to podcasting and being a guest. And I was, I was uh, yeah, it was intimidating. And then I watched it once just to learn, but it was it was torture, man. Um, and then in that scenario, I think I was the first kind of le- representation of a legionnaire on the North African continent type thing, you know, and certainly in that podcast, which has a huge, huge following. So I was a bit, I guess nervous would be the word and in- intimidated on how is this going to go? And then being careful on how you come across and what you say, because at the end of the day, you're representing all legionnaires, albeit, you know, um, I'm not, but people will watch that, and that would be their first kind of view of, hey, there's an ex-legionnaire, and that's what they represent. So, yeah, that was, and that was four hours of talking, which I don't talk for four hours in six months. But uh, so it was a huge learning experience. But I agree with what you say is, you know, being yourself, I'm working on that. And I think it comes across better with time, right? You just learn to, you learn the game, and you just, you become a little more natural and relaxed, and you come across, yeah. So that's um, that's interesting, Joel, because you know I was first aware of you through Jocko's podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, it was December. That be right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Really so December, yeah. yeah, so I listened to it at the time, uh, and then I listened to it uh, some of it this morning. I listened to the first little bit again, just because yeah. you're you know I just want because you're trying to figure out how to speak. Yeah. And, and yeah. one thing now that you've said you're nervous, that makes sense because what I was saying to Ali was, you know, it it was like you were given answers but you weren't saying any more than what was asked of you does yeah. that make sense yeah for so you sure were yeah. saying exactly what was said and i said to ali before i'm like i wonder if it was like intimidating being with jocko yeah. like i wonder yeah. if that's what what because you know because i was saying 
exactly what we're talking about before. You have to figure out how to structure these conversations and how to ask yeah. questions. And but you know yeah. that, that that makes sense now that you said you were nervous. That makes complete sense. And I think I think you can see at the beginning. Obviously, you walk into. I mean, I'd watched, I watched as many Jocko podcasts as I could before I got there, just so I could understand the you know the the way he does things, the setting, and then so when I walked into that room, it wouldn't be totally new. It'd feel somewhat comfortable, you know. But then they set up the cameras and they get y'all. And, you know, that was my first kick at the cat. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, like I'm not, I'm not an extrovert, you know, I'm more an introvert. So talking about myself is not something that comes easy. Um, but obviously with a book and everything else, you have to get out there and market yourself. Mm-hmm. So that was part of the, the beginning of the learning process. But I think when you watch it, I forget, you know, about midway through, I start to forget about the, uh, the cameras, the potentially the people that are watching, cause he has a huge following obviously. And then yeah. I kind of get into it a little more, but I'm also power drinking his power drinks. So that helped. I started to get the, <laughs> the buzz yeah. going and yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. You can see from, to be fair, even, you know, having listened to Jocko for the first time on Tim Ferriss, like yeah. he was, he was super intense, like super yeah. intense. Yeah. Because now even he's become a little bit more relaxed and he flows yeah. a little bit better. So, yeah. you know, and I can see from this podcast, just talking to you now, Joel, to Jocko, you've yeah. loosened right up and you now seem yeah. way more comfortable. So it's just, you know, it's just, you know. Yeah, you bet. Exactly. You, know, you get you, you get used to the the whole game, right? The setting and you. Yeah. And then you, you get, you get, and that's the same thing too, is answering questions. As you do it more, you kind of get better at you're more seasoned at answering and putting your your thoughts to your your mouth in words, yeah. you know. Whereas the chocolate thing, it was like, oh, okay, I gotta I gotta answer, but it's got to be on par with what I'm trying to represent yeah. and not say the wrong thing. But you know, so yeah, it was it was it was tough. The, the thing that I've um, struggled with um, is when you're talking to you know, even talking to to you know, talking to you now, Joe. Is try not to sound like a fucking moron. In your head, you're like, okay, yeah. don't say something ridiculous. And then that makes yeah. you think about it more. You know, you're yeah. talking to like doctors and professors and you're trying to yeah. sound like you're not a complete idiot. And it's um yeah, it's not it's not easy, but uh I hear you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll I've been working on that for forty eight, forty eight, forty nine years. So, <laughs> so maybe one day. I'll... <laughs> yeah. Did you feel a pressure then being the first? representative of the legion because just to, to bef- sorry jumping in before you answer that was yeah. my, my dad was in the royal navy for 22 years late yeah. 70s through until the mid 90s and i remember when i was a young kid so you're talking the early 80s he had told me that the foreign legion was full of scoundrels and thugs and ruffians and you know there was yeah. that whole mystique that that was a mystique yeah yeah, yeah yeah if you were in trouble i mean they, i remember my dad saying that there was two guys left the boat they pulled into Sure, it was Bordeaux, he said, but one of the ports on the, the south of France, or somewhere in France anyway, and two yep. boys jumped ship and joined the Legion because they were about to get a uh, court martial potentially in the Navy. Gotcha. And that was my entire impression of the Legion growing up, yeah. up until kind of to an extent, I heard you on Jocko, and yeah. obviously you don't That's... seem as much of a scoundrel. <laughs> no, you're right. And, and in all fairness, the Legion certainly attracted those type of individuals in the past. And that was an opportunity for, uh, you know, them to, to go and do something different. But that being said is when they get there, the Legion picks and chooses who they want. So just cause you show up at the door, doesn't mean you're in. Right. So they, mm-hmm. they've been doing this a long time. They're pretty successful at making the, the call on who's going to be, you know, going to do the job for them. So 
but since then, as you know, we get into obviously with the, the podcast and then the book Appel is it's come a long way. It's now a part of the French military. They can pick and choose who they want. Um, when I was there, it was like one in 12. Now in talking to uh, Lieutenant Dimitri there this week, it's about one in six. And then the, the level of person that shows up IQ wise, life experiences has come a long way. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely a different arm of the military. Now you have to show up with a little more, uh, depth to get in, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that was a big, and that was a big effort for the book was, uh, to educate people, right? Because there's a lot of misconceptions like that. And when people, when people would mention that or bring it up, I have a hard time explaining in a short conversation, the history and my experience. So I, I just avoided the, the whole subject matter, you know, but over time I was like, Hey, maybe it's on me to, to write something that represents a legionnaire, you know, there's, there's bad seeds, like in anything, there'll be people that, that ruin it for everyone. But you know, the people I worked with, uh, you know, a friend obviously paid the ultimate sacrifice, lost his life out of respect for what France and the Legion does. And then my teammates, former teammates, I felt, you know, Hey, I need to, maybe it's, it's up to me to, to write something that's, uh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of bullshit out there in it. Yeah, like, like I say, when, when we were kids, um, you know, we didn't come from, I didn't come from a military background, um, but, you know, the the French Foreign Legion always, it was always seemed kind of cool. It was like a cool thing because, you know, it did attract, you know, or the, or yeah. the, the thing was it attracted, you know, all sorts of uh, people. Yeah, I know. It, <laughs> and and it does, cool and it thing. still does, I think, but they can send them on their way pretty quick, right? There's a whole yeah. process. It takes a month before, from the day you show up, to if you get accepted to go and do your basic training, it's about a month. They go through the gamut of, you know, psychological evaluations, medical tests, background checks with Interpol um, and other means, and then, you know, interviews, physical fitness, and they, they pick and choose the guys that they feel will make the best uh, Legionnaire soldier, you know? So I don't, have, you got, have you guys read the book? I have not. I'm, uh, okay. no, I'm, okay. uh, Fair I'm one. one of these people where... Um, I'm a, I just can't read. Is it on Audible? I'll be out Audible next month. Okay, I'll I'll yeah. not Audible. I'll but one of my reader. I'm not. The reason I, the reason I ask is because during basic training, one of the guys that I mentioned in the book is Benny McDonald, and he was from he was ex uh, British military. Okay. Uh, did a couple of tours, and but he was from Inverness, oh, and okay. uh, he basically was the guy I would go through basic is four months long, but we're at a far, for the first part of your basic training, you're at a farm for a month and it's where they kind of teach you the discipline and the life of a legionnaire. And it can be, it can be pretty rough. And uh, me and Benny would just kind of hang out and talk, talk shit. And he'd tell me stories about his time in the, the British military and in, uh, in Ireland and stuff. And uh, he had trouble with his knees. He was actually, he was a sports monitor in the military. So he was in great shape. He had tats, tats all, you know, typical, Called him Jock, obviously, but he had tats on his <laughs> arms, and he was a good, good shape, good soldier. But his knees were bugging him, and at, at the end of basic training, he decided to uh, de to call it quits and, and go back to Scotland. But uh, yeah, he was he was a good uh, a good guy, man. And uh, yeah, I mentioned him in the book for that reason. He was uh, an interesting those, character. Those um, those military guys from the, from the north of Scotland are as tough yeah. as old boots. It's a yeah, brutal, brutal existence up there. Yeah. Um, I always wonder what happened to him. Benny McDonald was his was his real name. I always wonder he's he's got to be around somewhere. He will be around someplace. 
Yeah. If you yeah, run into yeah. him anyway, let uh, let him know that. Uh, it's not that. It's, it's not that small a country, Joel. Jesus. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of these things. That's yeah. a funny thing. That's a funny thing that people say to you when you're Scottish and you say, oh, "Do you, you know? I knew this guy once. He lived in." Another side exactly. of the country. Do you know him? You go, no, it's not that small. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you guys were related. That's why I jumped in the podcast. Yeah, that's um, yeah. So did so the 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 Legion was originally in North Africa. Is that right? Is that what they did? Was, was that's was right? Yeah, controlled over were, to like the French territories. Yeah, exactly. So Indochina, present day Vietnam. Uh, the French lost the war in Indochina at Dien Bien Phu, which is the, the famous um, end for, for them there. And then Algeria was a huge part of the Legion's uh, uh, history uh, up until 62, 64. And there's a good book out there by an Englishman, uh, Simon Murray, and he wrote the book Legionnaire. Simon Murray, he's actually our first guest on the, uh, the podcast. He went on to uh, create orange telecommunications so he's done really well for himself he got into and the eldest man to go to the south pole unassisted um so he's quite the character he's about he's 80 now anyway his book legionnaire was kind of depicted his time in the airborne regiment of the the legion during the french algerian war and that's actually what i read and got me interested in the legion um because there wasn't a lot of a lot of information out there at the time because it was it was pre-internet really um and yeah, after France gave Algeria their independence, the rep and a lot of the legion, all the legion regiments that were in North Africa, Algeria, they came to mainland France, and that's where most of them are based now. And yeah, as I said, there it's a part of the French military. Same rules, regulations. A lot of your courses you'll do, you do with other French uh, soldiers, and it's yeah, it's come a long way. And then yeah, the next good book to come out was Appel. <laughs> yeah, it's, getting, um, getting it. yeah, it's uh, yeah, like I say, it's, it's uh, but you were um, you were from a military family, is that right? Yeah, my dad yeah. was uh, yeah, my dad was a fighter pilot in the Canadian Air Force. Okay, and so I grew up in Germany, and oh, then right, okay. uh, yeah, because the Canadians had two bases there, and then I spent a year in England, and then back to Canada, and then both both my parents' parents were Army, so Second World War. Okay. Uh, my dad's dad was a D-Day veteran, third wave, Juno Beach. Um, my mom's dad retired a two-star general. In fact, that's him behind me. Um, won the DSO. General Montgomery pinned the medal on his chest on the battlefield. And then he went to Buckingham Palace and had the, uh, the medal was awarded to him by King George. Um, so, yeah, he was my hero growing up. And yeah, so the military was always in my, it's in my DNA, I would think. And then growing up around it, it just felt like a natural progression after, uh, you know, hockey kind of came to an end. What did I want to do with myself? School wasn't an issue. I wasn't, you know, that type of, and I always had this interest in jumping. Um, and at the time in the Canadian military, early nineties, it was going through a tough time. Um, the government, I won't, get into details, but the government was, you know, cutting subsidy and all that kind of stuff. And you couldn't get in as a reg force. Like a young man couldn't just join the army and be a soldier. It wasn't an option. So I did the reserves for a while and, um, got impatient. And I had heard about the rep, which is the airborne regiment of the French foreign legion. And I looked into it. I wrote the, the legion. They sent me back a letter with all the information on where you can, uh, join. 
some of the information on the regiments and all the information you would need at the time. And I said, uh, excuse my French, fuck it. I'm going. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, off, off I went with the sole purpose of getting to the rep and jumping with the, uh, the deuxième régiment étrangère parachutiste. Cause I thought that was, it just seemed neat to me, you know, the idea that a foreigner can go and join a military and, and jump. So off I went, um, and I got to the rep and then I was fortunate enough. I did selection for their pathfinders, which is like their, it's called the GCP. So group commando parachutiste, which is, uh, the pathfinder, similar to the British pathfinders, but they also form what's called the GCP group. So in the French military, there's nine, at the time there was nine French airborne regiments. One of them was the Legion, the rep. And each of those regiments would have a GCP team. And together they created the GCP group, which would support the French Special Operations Command. So as a GCP commando, you could either be supporting your regiment as a pathfinder, or you could be working with the group supporting the French Special Operations Command. So I did selection for that and then got in. And, and I was fortunate that, you know, as a GCP uh, team member, life was pretty laid back and good. You know, we got good courses. Uh, we were, you know, free fall qualified. Um, so it was a 10-man Halo insertion team. And we would be off, you know, doing stuff and kind of not really stuck in garrison getting beasted on or doing the bullshit that you do when you're in garrison, you know? So I had a, I had a fortunate and lucky career for that standpoint. And, uh, that kind of ties into, I felt, well, you know, maybe no one thinks about, right. I mean, I certainly never anticipated writing a book in my life. That was not the objective when I was there, but looking back at it, I was lucky. I think being a Canadian in the French system, there's historical significance because obviously French and Canada have that historical connection. And then I was fortunate that my career was, you know, was an interesting one in that I was able to get to the tip of the spear fairly quickly. And, um, yeah, there was a narrative there. There was a good story. There was some, you know, lessons learned. Like it's an honest, uh, it's an honest description. I'm no GI Joe. I'm no Rambo. You know, I made mistakes as you do all humans. Soldiering is not easy, especially, you know, when you're thrown into the, the mix of it, mm -hmm. Africa was new for me as a young Canadian. That was a life, you know, a world apart. So I just kind of get into the the lessons learned as a soldier and then talk about the truth behind the Legion, what I experienced, the other people I worked with. And uh, yeah, so there you go. So it was just, you know, to answer your question, yeah, I was always around the military and it seemed like a natural progression for me. And obviously that's your, your um, time certainly predates the internet. So was it just from, was it from the book Legionnaire or was it just word of mouth that you heard about the Legion being in? Yeah, well, it was, uh, yeah, come about. you're right. There, a bit of both. Um, okay. I was doing my battle school in, uh, in Wainwright and, uh, there was an NCO on one of the other courses that had just come back and the NCOs on my course knew that I was keen on getting into the airborne and jumping. And at that time, things weren't looking that positive for the, uh, the Canadian airborne regiment and history shows it's his history shows itself that they will eventually be disbanded um, for an incident that happened in, in Somalia. But as I mentioned, there was another NCO that had just come back and the NCO would say, hey, if you want to jump, you can always go over to France, join the Legion, the REP, because that's the acronym that they use for the regiment, the REP. Uh, it's, a, it's an option. And I was like, what? I was the same kind of thing. You know, the French Foreign Legion, I, you know, I had heard about it, but I didn't, I just assumed that was, you know, movies and whatever. 
So I did my research. I tried to find as much information I, as I could. And the book Legionnaire was one of them. So I read that and it was just a, a cool story from a cool individual about, you know, a Legionnaire soldier in Algeria during the uh, Indo or the, uh, the Franco-Algerian war with the rep. So that was the first kind of thing where I was like, man, this looks, this is an option. You know, I think I could, I could do this. And I, truth be told, you know, I'd been getting myself into a bit of trouble, a young man with a loss of direction. I had done some stupid things, hung out with the wrong people. And I knew that I needed to make a change. Um, you know, I was raised in a good family. Um, so I knew that, you know, I wasn't on the right path. Um, so I did my, I looked encyclopedias, best information I could find in, on the, the, the Legion in libraries. And there's a lot of old pictures of the rep jumping in Indochina, uh, at the Mbimfu, that type of stuff. And then in Algeria, there's information you know, about the regiments. And from there I wrote, I wrote the Legion. They came back with the information and I was gone pretty quick. Um, yeah, so it was, it was basically, yeah, it was that the, someone mentioned it to me reading the book and then doing as much research as I could. And then I was just like, you know what, man, I'm, I'm marking time here, wasting my time in Canada. I'm off and off I went. It's funny you should mention the movies in the Legion because my friend that listens to the podcast, shout out to Lee Wallace, has been asking me for the last three weeks since I announced that we were getting you on. He's yeah. like, you need to ask him, is the bit that played by, I think Jean Renault plays a Legionnaire in Godzilla. And he was like, ask him, ask him. I've asked the question. You don't have to answer it, Joel. But I've asked the question just because my mate's been bugging me for the last three weeks. Yeah, ask honestly, I can't, I, I honestly can't comment and say that uh, I recall that role. But Jean-Claude Van Damme, Jean-Claude Van Damme nails it in the movie Legionnaire. No, I'm, oh, okay. He doesn't, he doesn't. I'm kidding. There's no, yeah, there's no... Uh, there's no proper representation of, uh, of, of a legionnaire. And that's, yeah, it's, yeah. The legionnaire is so much Hollywood, you know, you get these, anyway, yeah, what to say? Uh, I, suppose, I suppose the legionnaire to use like Braveheart to us, 100% accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there you yeah. go, possibly, yeah. The John the, 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 the Renault, um, uh, the character in uh, Godzilla will be like Mel Gibson being Braveheart to us. That's what would be there the same go. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. you asked a question about Godzilla. When's the Legion guy on? Remember and ask him. When's the Legion guy on? That's funny. I always remember from, uh, do you guys remember the movie, um, uh, what was it? The Wedding, no, it wasn't The Wedding Singer, it was uh, The Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Remember? And uh, they're, they're going, it, what's the actor's name? But he's dancing with a, a hot chick. They're at these weddings where they're trying to pick up girls. You know, they, they sneak into weddings and he's giving this girl a sob story. And she's like, what's wrong? He's like, you know, I was in the French Foreign Legion. We lost a lot of good. And I remember watching the movie and I just laughed. But I was just, you know. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I thought that was, I laughed, man, when I heard that. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, I, try to, I try to use that as much as I can. It's funny how um, it's funny. It's funny how uh, you know Hollywood can uh, impact people's thought. You know when you know, thought process. You know when people talk to um, was uh, what was the one with Ben Stiller? Oh my God, Pearl Harbor. You know when yeah. Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller basically wins the battle. Ben of Affleck. Britain. 
Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck basically <laughs> wins the Battle of Britain on his own, and people think that you know that was real. Um, yeah. It's funny how these uh, Hollywood descript- uh, depictions uh, yeah. have 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 their influence on people. But yeah, have you guys uh, have you guys watched? Uh, you must have seen Black Hawk Down. Oh yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, I had it's really good as well. Yeah, the book is really good. Yeah, I was blown. But I, you know, I've watched that movie many, too many times. But yeah, um, same, yeah. and then I, you know, as a helicopter pilot, I can, I see the the error in the ways, and I am, you know, I, I feel sad for the guys that took the RPGs in the tail rotor. But we had um, the, the the episode before the last on ours. We had uh, Tom and his wife. Uh, Jen Satterley and Tom was a Delta operator and that was his first, he was a, a Black Hawk down veteran and ah. he, uh, he suffered, he suffered from the effects of, of it. And, um, we don't, we don't really get into the movie too much because he couldn't watch the movie cause it's, it's different, right? For a veteran, you yeah. see, you, as he says, he has the visions in his mind. So, um, but yeah, it's interesting trying to make my point is, you know, we watch movies and you know, they're, they're entertainment but for a gentleman like Tom, it's, it's, it's reality, you know, and it's not, not quite the same. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I asked him on that because I, have you guys seen 1917? Not, not yet. yet. No, no. no. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. It's yeah, really good. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 I saw it. If you can't see it on the big screen though, I, it's probably tough now, but, uh, it was, yeah, it was really well done. But I asked Tom, I said, you know, if there are any good movies out there, you know, military movies that kind of try to show it in the right the right way um what would you and he kind of agreed to that uh, you know saving private ryan you know where they come out of the boats on the deity that was probably the he actually he mentioned that when he went and saw it he walked out at that point it was too too real for him and i was yeah quite respectful of 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 that truth being being talked but it's uh like you say man you know movies are it's just hollywood bullshit right where they try to make it entertainment and it just doesn't yeah yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. I know. Um. So I, I did. Um. You know, reasonably, reasonably well uh, as an amateur boxer, Joel. So it was yeah. like watching. You know. You know, watching the, the Rocky films. You know, when people yeah. talk about the Rocky films, and you go, but people, you know, that's amazing. Listen, that somebody would die a minute into that. It's impossible. Yeah. This would never happen. Yeah. This is. This is never yeah. a boxing match goes. It's just you know yeah. less extreme, but it's the same idea. You know. There's, but um, of course, it you know that has yeah. to be made more exciting. But um, exactly. But yeah, did you did you ever were you ever in Somalia? I wasn't. No, the um the red the rep, the regiment I was with in the legion, they were, but that was uh, just before my time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I joined. Yeah, uh, um, not, I was in ninety four to two thousand. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um. It yeah. just seems like one of those places. It's just. <sighs> Uh, uh, even yeah. now, you know, just with the pirates yeah. and everything, you know, just yeah. extreme, extreme poverty and, you Sorry, know, yeah. Yeah, it's a tough, there. tough environment and history repeats itself. It's just one of those. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, um, yeah. So what, um, what, are, what are the things that, um, what are the things that I, just, I just, I just lost my trot. This is, this is one of the things about podcasts you can't make up. I just <laughs> lost my train of thought there. Or, or it's the boxing. Or it's the boxing. I've been hitting the head a lot. I've been hitting the head a lot. Um, yeah. I can't. I have no idea what I was going to say. What about jumping into, <laughs> jumping into Algeria, Joe? Um, I've got friends that have been out to, not Algeria itself, but to Morocco, which obviously isn't a million miles away. And yeah. they, they always talk about Morocco being like very, very poverty-stricken and a real, you know, um, 
just almost like a different world to growing up in a Western yeah. country, obviously Britain yeah. versus. Did you find similar? Because you were saying coming from, I wouldn't imagine there's much ice hockey in Algeria to put. <laughs> no, no. Was that, was um, that a big culture shock going across for the first time as a young man? It was. And, you know, as I mentioned, the book is my first introduction to uh, Africa is when we go into or I go into uh, Bungie, Central Africa. And um, that's my first taste of Africa combat, um, working as a soldier in the Legion and then a, a, a teammate or a team member of the, of the GCB. So it was a huge uh, culture shock for me. My head was on a swivel. So not only was I seeing a poverty or a lifestyle that I couldn't really fathom or, or differed from what I had experienced, but I was also seeing the worst of humanity and then also trying to, to do my job that I've been trained to do, but never had the opportunity to do it for real, you know? So it was, yeah, it was quite the, uh, quite the experience. And then moving on, you know, we did Chad, um, that, which is, you know, Southern Sahara. So it's a different type of, um, geography land and a different level of poverty. But something I mentioned in the book is, you know, we'd go through these towns that had nothing but uh, little huts. Their livestock would live with them. They were barely clothed, but they were happy. They were smiles on their faces, happy to see you, just getting on with life. But, you know, you come back to North America and we have, you know, our nice SUV, we got our Wi-Fi, got our Starbucks coffee, and people are always grumpy and, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's yeah. something that stuck with me is that, you know, I was fortunate as a young Canadian that I have all these opportunities in life, but it's what you do with them. And it doesn't necessarily make, you know, having things doesn't necessarily make you happy. Here are people that have nothing, but they just have themselves, their family, they're surviving, but they're happy. So that's something that stuck with me. And then we did, uh, I did Brazzaville, Congo on two occasions, which was, uh, there was a civil war going on. Um, again, different type of geography different people, different setting. That was interesting to see the level of destruction that civil war can do. The, how little life means to certain parts of the world, you know, just people, civilians just being caught in the crossfire and killed. Like, it's just, you know, not a big, not, not, not it's not a big deal, but it just, it happens. And, um, and then I worked in Algeria as a civilian, uh, supporting oil and gas efforts after my career in the Legion. And I, I've spent, probably on and off around eight years in Algeria, different parts of the, uh, the country. And I was quite, to be honest with you, I was quite taken with it. There's a lot of history there. Um, obviously the French military connection, uh, certainly the Legion was interesting to me, but a lot of the architecture in the towns is old French architecture. You know, you see a lot of similarities to, to Paris and downtown cores. So I, I, I quite, and then obviously the Romans were in Algeria. That was a huge part of a lot of their wheat came from, from, uh, North Africa. And so there's a lot of history there, which I, I, I love, you know, I'm a history buff. I, I like, I love seeing old shit, you know, castles were something that I was enamored with as a kid. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I dig the historical side of things. And then, you know, I did a couple years as a, uh, as a security operator in Iraq. I did a year in Afghanistan, same thing. Um, seeing countries and history I've read so much about, but then seeing, that history repeating itself to a certain extent and then seeing the worst humanity and then the best of humanity, um, has always been a learning experience and, uh, yeah, something I, you know, I try to take from, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, as a, as a young Canadian and then just as a Canadian in general, we're very fortunate as, as, as you are in, in Scotland, you know, we're, we have our freedoms, we have, 
you know, you have that, you're sick, you go to the hospital, you get, you get help. You're hungry, you go to the grocery store, you get, you want a beer, you go to the liquor store, you get a beer, you, whatever, you know what I mean? You drive to see your parents and a lot of people don't have that. And I, sometimes I have to check myself because I get pissed. Like this morning I was like cursing out my Wi-Fi, like what the fuck, my Wi-Fi shit, you know, <laughs> so, but hey, you know, could be, it could be worse. I could be getting mortared or, or firebombed in, yeah. in uh, yeah. you know. Syria, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I suppose people yeah. get that. Talk, talking a little bit of history, and again, I might butcher this, but I remember something that my dad told me, and again, this could be another one of these Legion myths, potentially, but yeah. um, I remember a story about one of your, and you're going back to the early days, potentially, yeah. but uh, an officer in a wooden hand, being yeah, like a relic. Yeah, so that's uh, Capitaine Danjou. So that's early um i couldn't give you the date but it's when they were in mexico and oh. uh, it, it was the battle of Camarón, which is kind of the revered battle that the legion uh celebrates every year um and what it was is they were surrounded by mexicans and their co their convoy had been decimated cut down and he was killed captain ed and jean Ju was 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 killed in the uh, in the battle and the Mexicans gave the legionnaires the opportunity to um, give up, and they didn't. And they there's there's a couple of stories, but they charged the the legionnaires. And at the end, I believe it was there were six that survived. And uh, the Mexican officer in charge said, you know, the, these are devils. Um, I don't want to you know massacre the the history of it, but it's yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a. Um, an important part of the legion's history and that wooden hand is now in the museum in obang which is the legion's uh main headquarters the premier mm. um so it's yeah it's in the museum there in a in a nice box and uh yeah that kind of stands for the the legion ethos you know you kind of fight to the end which is whatever yeah, it's a bit a dramatic those, uh, dramatic but yeah they they use it to their advantage yeah I love yeah, those I uh i love those tales i love those stories i, I you yeah know, like yourself joel i'm uh a little bit of a history nerd, and uh, yeah, I love those old tales, and you know, listen to all these stolen combat yeah. stories and stuff. Um, yeah, I didn't realize I Mexico. Mexico. I would have put money on it being like Chad or Congo or so. I did not realize it was Mexico. That Mexico. Nothing yeah. Yeah. Why? Why would the Why would the Legion have been in Mexico? Why would it have been in that region? Oh, you guys are putting me on the spot. Um, uh, you know, I don't. Uh, uh, the yeah, France was. You know, these are early days when you know. Early, early days for the for the the the, the American continent. Um, so France mm. obviously had its its interests throughout, you know. Um, uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, yeah, that convoy in particular was transporting funds. It was gold or money, but whatever. Um, but yeah, France, you know, they're always. I suppose that could have been, yeah. uh, you know, as, yeah. as long ago as that, Mexico went further up into yeah, what's now America. Yeah. Yeah, could, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it might yeah. not, yeah, it makes yeah, sense. It was, but, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Remember we were That's talking a... about not not coming across like idiots. Well, um, there you go. I've I've just uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> we can, if we can I, I, if we can edit. Let's edit that out. <laughs> I, uh, I, I had a complete brain fart, so that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Now, Ali, Ali's asked about Godzilla. I forgot what I'm talking about, and then you're not sure today. So there we go. Yeah. We've completed yeah, completed the trio. We're um, human. It's all good. Absolutely. You know what? And that you know, Kenny, going back to what was you know early on. Uh, you know, just talking to people as you realize. So even you know, talking to you know somebody in the French Foreign Legion, somebody who was in the Navy SEALs, somebody yeah. who was in the FBI, 
you realize, you know, you kind of have these images in your head of what yeah. these people are like. And then you yeah. speak to them, and you go, oh, oh he's just, yeah. he's just a guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's just a normal person. He's not yeah. what I thought exactly. in my head. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's really interesting. But, but yeah, so what's, uh, what's going on in life now, Joe? What's, uh, what's the plans moving forward? Um, well, yeah, I, I got out in 2000, and we used to spend a lot of time in helicopters, so I kind of got the itch to fly. So I got out and did my flight training in Canada in 2000, and I've been flying helicopters commercially on and off uh, since. So summers, like right now, it's our fire season, um, and then winters, last four years, I've been uh, doing the heli skiing stuff. And oh. that keeps me, that keeps me obviously in, busy with, with employment and doing something that I that I do enjoy, like it's always a challenge. You never, you never master a helicopter. It's always checking you, you know, and certainly the type of flying that we do, it's, uh, it's, it's challenging. So that kind of keeps that adventurous and challenging side, um, checked off in my requirements, I guess. I have two kids. I have a son and a daughter, Carter and Kyle, who son's 14, Kyle's 12. So, you know, being a dad is a huge, huge part. So I, I juggle life being a dad and, the challenges that come with that. And, uh, I'm partners in a risk mitigation company. Um, so two of my friends from the military, we got together after years of supporting other efforts and started our own kind of risk mitigation company. And we, we support mostly domestically stuff, but we do some international stuff. It's health and safety based, but you know, we, we, we support clients that need, you know, help in certain areas that might be challenging to them that, that typically they can't source the right type of people to do it or have the, the knowledge or experience. And, um, more recently with, with the book, the book came out in March, 2019. And, um, you know, I hadn't really thought about post book, right. And when you publish or get a book published, a lot of the marketing comes down on the author to, to get it out there and, uh, you know, and sell the, sell the book. So it's kind of pointless to put all that time and effort in and then, and not. So I, you know, I got into the whole social media stuff. We mentioned the Jocko thing. That was kind of the, the start to it, but I wanted to kind of find a way that the book's not about me. Um, and, uh, long story short, I had been invited to my, the regiment that I served in, in the reserves, the Royal Westminster regiment. I had been invited by their, um, RSM, who's a friend from when I was in to their senior NCO dinner. And, uh, I went and then post-traumatic stress was something that was mentioned a lot. And I was sitting beside the NCO or sorry, the, uh, the CO, the commanding officer. And he told me that, you know, after their tour in Afghanistan, they've had a couple of suicides. And, um, I just thought, you know, shit, it's just, the more I read, the more I hear about PTSD and it's just something I don't know enough about, but I find it heartbreaking that we send our young men and women off to do these jobs yeah. and for a lot of them and the numbers are astronomical um the more i hear the more i'm i'm gutted to be honest with you that for them a lot of them the solution is to take their life you know and unfortunately it sucks for them but the people around them they're the ones that suffer right for the yeah. you know the one that's yeah. so we had i had started legion engineered um which was kind of a side effort from the company i'm partners in i kind of felt that it would be nice if we had something that was doing its part to help a cause, which is something that we had been a part of and, but to help today's 
men and women that are out there suffering. And they don't necessarily have to be soldiers, just anyone that's out there doing the thing that are suffering. So I started Legion Engineered, and it's basically just an apparel line. All the proceeds will go to support PTSD awareness. And then the book, same thing. Um, the royalties that come to me as the author, albeit they're not very much, but that goes to Legion Engineered um, to support its efforts. And then part of that was, you guys mentioned, you know, the podcast, the System D podcast, uh, which is a term that comes from the book. System D is kind of a term used in the Legion just to figure shit out. So if plan A, plan B, and C don't work, D just means whatever op- options you have, fucking figure it out. And that's life, right? We all, okay. we all experience that. So I thought, you know what, why don't we, you know, I've been like you guys watching podcasts. It's interesting. I like it that you get to see the, the, the real person. And I thought, why not, instead of being asked the questions, why, I, I got lots of questions for people that I think are cool out there, you know, and mm. I could maybe learn from them. So I said, let's start the System B, D podcast, which is a part of the Legion Engineered effort. We get guests on. doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, post-traumatic stress related, but just anyone out there that might have good life, knowledge, skills, lessons that will be helpful to anyone. Let's get out there and uh, do that. So that's been... You know, Legion Engineer is set up. The website's there, www.legionengineer.com. It's, you know, online. Chips, if you if you buy something, be patient. It t- right now with COVID, it takes a while to get to you, but all the money goes to help PTSD awareness. Um, at this point, it's, you know, it's setting up everything. But, uh, and then the podcast is, I gives me that opportunity to go out and ask cool people that I'm interested in, if they would be w- interested in coming on and then asking them questions that I think are are valid and, I'm interested in, you know, so that's been taking up my, my time. And to be honest with you, it takes up all, all my time. You know, I'm sometimes I'm running around like a, yeah, but, uh, and you know, you, you make your make mistakes as a result, but I think the hard work's paid off. Um, Legion engineered, it's there. It's slowly gaining, you know, that the following where it can be anyone from any country, soldier, civilian, whatever, if they have family or friends or they want to help, you know, I think we all have friends out there that have suffered. Um, it's a way to maybe try to bring it all together. It's not, you know, a Canadian company. It's not a French company. It's, you know, cause you know, Legion engineer being that our backgrounds are from the Legion. So we worked with a multinational background, right? I worked with, you know, every, every national out there. So and the interesting thing was, is we came together and we were able to work together as one cohesive group, right? Nationality, beliefs, upbringings aside, we're all human beings. So that was kind of the, the just of that. And then, uh, yeah, the system D I, you know, I, I can reach out and talk to guys like Simon Murray, you know, that was an honor. He was, mm. you know, having read his book all those years ago it was, it was cool, man. That was, yeah. and then, uh, we had Sean Evangelista, who's an ex uh, SEAL development group. He started 30 seconds out which is an apparel company in the States that does quite well. And I always liked his, I liked his stuff. You know, I had his shirts and his hats and I thought his, his style and his, uh, his efforts were cool. So I kind of Legion engineered, as I told Sean, I didn't copy, but he definitely was an influence. You know, I, I saw his stuff. I was like, you know what, that's neat. I think I could, you know, try to do my own thing and, but kind of, and then, um, and then obviously, as I mentioned, you know, having watched Black Hawk Down too many times, on the PTSD side, I read uh, Tom Satterley's book. It's called All Secure. And he basically talks about the facts of, you know, what being 
a witness to those type of events and that life can have on people. And, you know, we've watched the movie. It looks cool, but he was there. It wasn't cool. And he suffered. And his book was a tough, it was an excellent read. I suggest it to anyone, but it's a hard read. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's Mm. tough. man. And, um, so to have him on and ask him about his experiences and then share that type of thing, that was cool. And then, uh, yeah. So that, you know, that's, that's the objective, get some more interesting people on and just crack on and see where it goes. I'm sure like you guys, it's from day one, your first podcast, whereas now these things just kind of find its own path, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the things, uh, I'm happy to say, uh, Joel is right before we went on, I ordered one of your t-shirts from, uh, Legion. Oh, you did? Um, I appreciate yeah, that. I awesome. So Thank uh, you. I ordered the black, yeah, the para one. Is that, is that you? The you know the, the the soldier in front of the helicopter with the blacked out eyes is that is that it is yeah 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 is that you okay yeah yeah cool so I've got um, yeah. yeah I ordered what um what what was the Appreciate little uh, so so yeah, yeah it's cool um so uh, a couple of guys that had been on before had some a, a parallel uh, uh stuff you know t-shirts and all this but yeah. the Jocko is actually one of them who I really wanted to order one of his t-shirts yeah but they were but they were. Twenty-seven dollars for the t-shirt, and then fifty dollars yeah. to ship it. And I went, oh. yeah. whereas yours was uh, like five dollars to ship it. And I went, oh, that seems way more reasonable. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're so lucky. I, yeah, I, I, I appreciate I, 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 that. Ordered one of those. Uh, it's really cool yeah. t-shirt. So I'll, I'll be sure and tag you in that when I'm nice and sweaty doing a workout. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, well, you yeah. send that. Well, I'll post that. Uh, I'll, yeah, send if you can. Send me a, a good picture. I'll post it with your guys's podcast tagged. And I'll I'll do what I can because that's awesome. that's awesome. Yeah, we have a warehouse in uh, in Latvia, um, so that's why it it can it can ship from Europe. Uh, right, okay, uh, yeah. right, right, right. Okay, yeah. that makes that makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, we. Um, yeah. I would uh, I would I would love to buy uh, one of your if if you can uh, if you can sign a book for me, I'll buy one of your books as well. Sure. Yeah. No. That's, too easy. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll send Pleasure, you. I'll send. I'll send you a message later on, and uh, cool. yeah, that'd be cool. It's a nice thing yeah. to have, I think. And I'll yeah. I'll. I'll Try my best to read. I'm not a good reader, but um, it's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. I'll try my best. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's uh, it's you know, it's an interesting old life. All these twists and turns, everything takes. Yeah. You know, when, like, you're, like you're saying, when you know, when you were when you were in the Legion, you didn't ever think you would write a book. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's amazing the road that uh, that life takes you on. Yeah. You have to, you know, yeah. you know, like you're saying, you. You you went to you know you you raised to the, the the top quite quickly, but I don't think those things are by accident at all. You know, I think you find these little paths in life, and you get to where you're meant to be. Yeah, I don't you know yeah. you know I don't I don't think it's any any coincidence that you got to the top quite quickly in the Legion. Um, and, you know, and I, I you know I don't think it's any any coincidence now. You you know you're doing well with books, and you know you're helping all these people. I think you you find your path in life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's nope. pretty, it's pretty appreciate cool. that. Uh, I yeah, appreciate it. And I try to, I try to say that to, you know, my kids and stuff or anyone that asks, you know, like just go after what you want to go after. If you believe in something and you feel it in your gut, your heart, just don't listen to people because everyone's going to say, no, that's, that's going to be too hard or that's tough. You know, it's, it's better to regret something you have done than to regret something you haven't done. Right. So just go after it. At least you can look yourself in the mirror and said, I tried. And that's, you know, I appreciate what you said about the Legion, but I was keen. I wanted a soldier and I put in the time and effort. And as a result, it got me to where I wanted to be, you know? So I think that's true in life. If you put in the effort, 
you're going to get to where you should be. Yeah. Do you think your kids will, will look military, Joe, continue in the family train? Just, no. I'm a dad, I've, got, I've got two teenage sons and a, and a daughter. My kids are, or my sons are 16, 17, and they're now looking nice. potentially yeah. at the military. Because um, yeah. I've got, again, my dad was Navy, my granddad yeah. was 28 years in the Royal Marines uh, during the gotcha. Second World War and after. Yeah. My knees fell apart and I never made it into the Marines, unfortunately, talking about Scottish yeah. guys with bad knees. Um, yeah. But do you think kids will follow in your footsteps or in your family's footsteps? And are they looking at the military? You know, I I don't know. Obviously, um, they, you know, they're fourteen and twelve. My my son, I I doubt it. I think he's a little smarter than. Not that's that's wrong. He's smarter than I am. But um, <laughs> I don't think that's really something that he's interested in. Um, you know, he's more into the IT side of stuff. Who knows where? I, go? I mean, fourteen's still young. Yeah. If they did, I would be. You know, I'd be obviously a proud parent and support whatever choice they make um my daughter yeah I, I don't i don't know what her plans are but yeah if they do hats off to me i'll support their 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 efforts and and, and be a proud parent but uh, as long as they do what they they want to do in life and they're happy that's key right is waking up every morning and doing what you want to be doing yeah do you think there would be any um you know talking about your kids joe do, do you think there would be any you know as they get a little bit older towards kind of you know adulthood do you think there would be any pressure on them looking at the family history, you know, the family tree of everybody being military, or do you think there'll be? I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so. Cause on their mom's side, they, you know, it's more of um, a worker, you know, there's no military first or, you know, on the first, uh, I think their, their mom's father's grandfather was obviously I mean, like most of ours served in the second world war, but uh, nothing recent. So they're more, you know, a, a blue collar type work hard mm. and uh, you know, do that so they don't really yeah it, it's hard to say but there's definitely no pressure um they don't there's not a ton of interest um they know that you know history and i'm into this kind of stuff and they kind of pick up on that by osmosis or whatever but they're not uh you know jumping at the bit to read read my book or or that kind of stuff so <laughs> they could they could care less to be honest with you which is which is which is cool it's fine but yeah i don't definitely no pressure yeah, not at all. Sounds like every kid in the world. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because yeah. I think, um, to some extent, uh, I, I, even me, you know, we did, uh, my, my uncle was in the in the army and stuff. But I think every little boy, I mean, every little boy, you know, I don't know, if you had them in Canada. Was those, you know, the little green soldiers they used to yeah, play yeah. with and oh, used yeah. to draw, yeah. used to draw tanks and stuff. I think every little yeah. boy at some point wanted to yeah. be a soldier. I still have them. Uh, I was playing with them earlier. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, Here's a, a short story. I tried, uh, I got, I uh, tried to have my son sit with me and we watched a band of brothers, which is, you know, a classic. Right. And, uh, yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have it. He was, you know, like it was torture. And I unfortunately got bent out of shape and took offense to that, but whatever you learn. Right. I was like, you know, how dare you not. But, uh, I took him to, uh, 1917 on the IMAX screen. I went and saw it and I was like, this is, this is a good, this is a good film. It doesn't, you know, they've, they've done a good job. So I said, Hey, come, come watch this movie with me because the youngest soldier to, to pay the ultimate sacrifice in the first war in the trenches in France was a young Irish soldier. And he was 14. He lied about his age. So that's my, my son's age. Right. So we went and there was a scene where they're, they're in the trenches. The officers are there on the, the upper end of the trench with the whistles, the artillery barrage is going through and they're just waiting to go over the top, you know, and you see the faces of the, and that's what they did good about the, 
the movie is the kids, they're just kids, right? They're 17, 16, 18, waiting to go over the top, and they know they're going to get mowed down, right? And uh, you can just see it in their faces, and the officer's like, steady, steady, because they're just chomping at the bit. And my son was like, and I was like, you know, I, I, re- I said to him, you know, some of those kids are your age, man. He's like, really? I was like, yeah, fucking really, you know? We all, yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it's a good movie. Go see it. But, uh, yeah, I kind of lost. Yeah, Did that answer the question? Yeah. yeah. It was just a good oh, movie. You, so, you, there you, you go. You're, you're, asking, you're asking the wrong person. I can't remember what fucking day it is. Yeah. So I, I have no there idea. Um, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, I think it's on, um, I think you can buy or rent it now on, on uh, Apple TV. So yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, the question was, yeah, the question was, you know, for 14-year-old boys and playing with army stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think so, so much anymore. You know, I think it's now they're, yeah, they're playing, well, they're playing, uh, call of duty. Yeah. yeah. yeah they're right in there. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a it seems, uh, you know, that just seems crazy to me. Um, you know, I don't have any kids, but I've got a niece and a nephew and, and they're two and eight. And, uh, it seems insane. The technology from when I was a kid to, oh, to, yeah. to now, you know, like I say, yeah. you know, I would quite regularly when I was younger, this probably says a lot about me, it was just dig a hole <laughs> and, fill it, and fill it with water. Like, I would just like dig holes. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, I could put water and then the water drains away. But now, you know, they've got like VR goggles and stuff yeah. on. Uh, and you're like, what the fuck? Crazy, yeah, yeah. You know, but like you're saying, yeah. you know, I had, I had plastic toys and used to draw tanks and now they have, you know, Call of Duty and all these crazy oh, yeah. things. Oh, you're it's, right. Um, yeah, they're... It's, it's, it's amazing. It's a different, it's a different era and there's, you know, phone, social media, like there's just so much more aware and introduced to things and switched on, you know? Um, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard you to know, fathom. One, one of the funny things I am um, trying to explain this to younger, you know, even just younger teenagers is back when, uh, so I'm 35, Ali's 42, 42. So even, even, in, uh, even when, you know, when I was a kid, you could bullshit, you know, you could really bullshit somebody because... <laughs> You know, how did yeah. you check it? Yeah. You check yeah. it. You know, well, you have to go to the library. And, you know, you're going to have to check out three or four books. <laughs> and, but now yeah. you go, wait, wait, you're who? Let me check. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you're not. It, it's, it's so hard to bullshit kids now. Um, I'm, think, I'm thinking more when you're 13, 14, what you can see on your phone. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was a... As, as a parent of two teenage boys, it was a different discussion to the chat my dad had with me when I was a teenage boy yeah. <laughs> about some of the things, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, do not yeah. send dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> or be, or be, care, be careful before you do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who you send them to? You have to, do cre- you, have, you have to crop it properly. You have, you to, have to crop it. You have to crop it properly. Don't send them to filter. What a time to be alive, huh? What a time yeah, to be alive. What, um, yeah, what, uh, how are we doing for time, Ali? I don't have a watch on. Yeah, just a little hour. Are you still good, Joe? Yeah. You bet. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, been, it's been fun. So, um, just trying to think. I'm trying to think. There's, there's stuff that I wanted to ask you. I, I, because I listened to your, the Jocko podcast this morning, there was that I was working. But yeah. um, I, I was listening to things in my head to, to ask you, and I've now, I've, again, forgotten about them. But, um, but uh, try to think. Well, it was something I wanted to ask you, and I've bloody forgotten again. Yeah, no, come back no to me. That, I've come, uh, come back yeah, to me. I would. I wish I could go back and 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 run that one through again. But whatever. I think in the end, it was productive. It was good. I mean, there's no. I have no regrets. Um, 
and it yeah it introduced me to a whole different uh spectrum of, of, of things you know hence here we are but uh yeah it was um he's an interesting guy he's definitely like you said he, he you know he's the setting is is in, is intense intimidating and it's you know the room is exactly like it was a lot smaller than than i had anticipated like you walk in and it's quite small you know which makes sense for sound and but it's all black and then they got the mics there he's got his knives and uh <laughs> yeah and then uh even echo's yeah, so, a big dude doesn't he echo looks a big dude when you see him in pictures echo it, yeah he uh actually when i was walking up to the uh i got there early and i sat on a, uh, a bench across the street watching the gym you know and uh i so i walk over about 30 minutes before i was supposed to be there and uh echo was actually getting out of his car so i walked up i was like, hey you know echo i'm joel i'm gonna be the guest and so he he kind of we introduced himself and then he walked me through the gym and then brought me up to the uh the podcast room but yeah nice guy he uh he'd actually grown up in uh in canada for a while um yeah. him oh. and his, his brother and, and then they moved to hawaii so but yeah he was he was a nice guy he kind of got me through the uh the uh you know through the gym and up into the podcast room and then briefed me briefly on it and then and then Jocko showed up and then we shot the shit for about 15 minutes and then just got straight into it you know and then uh once it was done they basically just gave me a t-shirt and said get the fuck out but uh because they're because because <laughs> they're busy right but yeah you know whatever i'm kidding but uh it was yeah it was all it was all business but it was uh yeah it was definitely a learning experience good yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and That's, it, uh, outstanding exposure as well because as you say yeah. probably and this isn't any offense meant in any way shape or form but probably very few people knew about you until the Jocko podcast and introduced yeah. you to sort yeah. into my world and that's yeah. kind of where I started following you and from early days of the podcast with me and Chris we kind of put together a an ideal guest list and your name was yeah. you know right up there at the top where once we've gone through have. our phones just yeah. like everything, you know, like kind of you were saying with your podcast, Joe, you, you, you try and get people on that, number one, are interesting, but number two, also that you're comfortable talking with or to. Yeah. So our yeah. first few episodes, if you go back and watch them, it's just me and Chris and, and a few of our mates that have done some interesting stuff. Yeah. And then very quickly, we're like, do you know what, let's just start getting people. What's the worst that happens? You know, if I'd, I'd, I'd reached out to yourself, if you'd said no or ignored the message, oh, well, that's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's same, yeah. I've had, yeah, uh, yeah no, 100%, I'm, I'm, definitely appreciative and respect the opportunity that uh jocko gave me and I, i've certainly voiced that it was huge and uh yeah much appreciated it was yeah it was kind of surreal i got the uh i'd said i don't know if you know this, i sent the i don't know if he mentions it on there but i'd sent him a book someone had sent yeah, me you yeah. should send so i sent him a book and then i just kind of same thing i just thought i would never hear back you know and then it came a card in the mail from him say hey you know if, if you're interested in discussing the book of my podcast you know let me know and i was like fuck yeah you know <laughs> i'm definitely interested yeah so it was uh yeah it was like you say it was a huge huge opportunity and, and kind of got the ball the ball rolling um yeah and then just you, you kind of get you know you see a new environment and then you spend a little more time watching other podcasts kind of seeing what you like the style that you like yeah and then i also found because i did that you know a handful afterwards um you start to get a feel of the questions can become depends on the length, but the short ones, the questions are very similar all the time. Right. And then you would start seeing in yourself, you're answering just kind of like a robot, right? It's the same, yeah. same answer. And I would see that in watching other podcast guests. You could see if they were interested or they weren't interested. You know what I mean? 
They're just either yeah. going through the motions or they're having a, a good talk. And obviously, when they're having a good talk, it's it's interesting because you see the real person, not just a an answer blurted out that they've said a million times. And uh, you know, I think as you guys are doing, that's the effort is just to have a a good talk and and get a good sense of the person and yeah. see where it goes. You know, so I, I try to do the same. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's all one, of the, new. one of the things that, um, that you know people have asked us before is you know how do you structure it? How do you, you know how do you write? The, you know how do you script it? And we go no, we don't. Yeah. And this this that just shows you because you know twice there I had absolute brain farts and forgot what I was yeah. going to say because I don't script anything. It's just like we have yeah. ideas in our head of things that we yeah. want to talk about, and then it, because I I think if you say you know. You so when did you join the Legion, Joel? And uh, how was it? Did you yeah. meet any good people? Yeah, just yeah. you know, it's just yeah, yeah. it's shit. Who exactly. was that's just boring. Yeah. So um, we always said we always said when we launched the podcast, in an ideal world, we wanted it to sound like three mates having a drink. Yeah, and, and you know, I didn't want it to be an interview because if you want to get an interview, there's far better interviewers than me and Chris out there. Do you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get it. I'm the yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah, uh, or the, or the information's out there, you know, if there's a book or whatever, you just, why why repeat the same stuff? Go read the, you know, you can yeah. find out the information that's, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, yeah. uh, I remember what I was going to say the second time now, I was going to ask you. Um, you did uh, a lot bit of uh, judo. Yeah, but it was it was short. Um, didn't, didn't, it was actually when I was in England. Started in uh, Germany and then England, there was a, a school at Bracknell. And I uh, think that's where it kind of ended. Um, cause if we went back to Canada then I was all about hockey. Uh, uh-huh. so I didn't really have much, you know, there wasn't a lot of martial arts kind of stuff. And then obviously when I got into the, uh, into the Legion, they had the French military, um, hand to hand combat system that they train. So that would have been probably the extent of it. Um, all right, okay. yeah, really so sad. yeah, I would, you know, yeah, whatever. I didn't, uh. Wish I had done more, but I hadn't. You know, it's life. You kind of stick to the stuff that you're. you're yeah, but that's exactly that, right? what yeah. exactly what I said before. You know, everything yeah. finds its rhythm and its reason, and you find your little path. And yeah. if you're if, if you were supposed to, you know, um, uh, you know, me, the way that I got into jiu-jitsu was hilarious. And now that I look back, you're going, that's just something that was meant to happen. You know, now that yeah. I look back at the whole thing, you go, fuck, man. Yeah. Just like this was supposed to happen on this day, I was supposed to do. You know, yeah. the way it happens. So it's one of those things. It's super yeah. fun. If you yeah. ever want to do it, if you ever want to learn a martial art, Joel, I would say, uh, go for it. Yeah. Um, to be honest, go, I hear, I hear. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's it's a popular uh, subject matter these days. I said to my son, actually, you know, he should, because I'm, I got, you know, I got a punching bag in my gym or in my mm-hmm. garage, and I, you know, I work the bag for a workout, and I always bring, I, you know, I taught him as I could at a, as a young boy how to at least throw a good jab cross you know a good you know at least if he's at school and that bully wants to because i experienced that right and uh the only thing that works the only language that works with a bully is uh you know a good left or a right you know they don't so um i said at least you know at least learn how to protect yourself or your friends you know that's and you're getting at an age where that's just going to happen you know boys will be boys and he he doesn't uh he wasn't really but he can he can throw a good punch. But I I'd said to him recently, why don't you get into jujitsu? You know, because it's a great, you know, just for yourself for everything. And if you do, I would I would come along with you when I can. But he was like, you know what, Dad, shut up. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. That's yeah. My, my what do, what do I know? You know. So 
Yeah, me and my oldest son trained jiu-jitsu, and it's, it happened nice. almost like you were saying. He'd, he'd struggled okay. for a little bit, like a lot of teenagers do, with mental yeah. health and pressures of being a teenager. Yeah. And I've been saying, we need to we need to get you into something, get you out of your head as much, get you a little bit more physical. Yeah. And we had played about with jiu-jitsu years back, because I used to train with a couple of guys. Um, yeah. And literally that night on Facebook, I'd kind of said to Aaron, she'll probably jiu-jitsu, you used to quite enjoy it when you were younger. And he was like... I, if there's anything, and literally that evening, one of my mates posted starting jujitsu at a gym just down the road from me, and that's where uh, me and Chris that's trained. Yeah. And then just, and a couple of people know this story, but um, just before the schools broke up, Aaron actually had to use his jujitsu at school and choked a kid unconscious <laughs> in the middle of the schoolyard because yeah. an ex pupil came back onto the grounds, and all yeah. the rumours were he had a knife and he was going to stab one of his friends. And Aaron said they saw the, the, the ex-pupil pushed his friend over and just dropped onto him. And yeah. Aaron said, I didn't know if he had a knife or not. So I thought, well, yeah. he's got his back exposed, rear naked choke. And he says he just <laughs> pulled him off. And yeah. Aaron's quite academic and very quiet. And as he stood up, all the like obviously when teenagers fight, there's that scrum yeah. of kids. Melee, and Aaron yeah. just stood up and rolled the guy into the, the recovery position. And everyone was just like... <laughs> Good for him. How really yeah. walk, how he's like, yeah, I've been doing <laughs> yeah. years, but like, that's me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, that's awesome. Else. That's yeah. a good story. Good, well, good for him. Hats off to, to Adam. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll it. see. I keep, I keep throwing it out there. You know, it's but you can't drag these kids these days. You know, yeah. I, I have my challenges as a father of my son. You know, I, I think the more you treat them as a, a young soldier, or whatever, the less. It works, so I'm kind of trying to figure that. I just like, you know what, you you got to do what you got to do, but whatever, I'll support you whatever know, it is. So. I, I see this, um, you know, when my sister or, or brother-in-law are shouting at me at my nephew because he's, you know, he's eight and he's starting to get eh, a little bit uh, cheeky and a little bit, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, and and she, you know she'll shout at him to not do things, and like you don't understand if you shout at him and tell him not to do something, he's gonna he's do it. Just going to do it. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that doesn't work with a young boy. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's going to do ex- just whatever, whatever you see, he will do. Because, yeah. you know, because that's how little boys work. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. However, yeah, uh, says the non-parent. <laughs> yeah. Easy for me. <laughs> see, what I do, what I do, and what I did before I came uh, up to do this was, uh, the, you know, they were down at my mum and dad's house, and I go in and I wrestle with them and uh, get them all wild and get them all hyper and they run about and then go. Okay, see I'm, you. I'm going Gotta go. Awesome. That's fun. Um, yeah. well, that's a good yeah, influence. So... That's that's a good influence for them to see, you know, because you know they they'll take interest in what what you do, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that might be their route to to jujitsu down the road. You know, um, yeah, it's all what you're surrounded with, right? And you. Yeah, this yeah. is why um, uh, you know. I think it's super important for you know any any kid to have a you know a strong male presence you know yeah. a, a positive yeah. male presence in the house. It's um, yeah. so they know they know that Uncle Chris is crazy. You know he runs up hills and yeah. swims in locks and all this kind of stuff. So um, hopefully cool. it runs, rubs off on them a little bit. Uh, you know cause yeah, yeah. How, how many parents do you see that are you know overweight and don't do anything? Yeah, you know that's no, true. You yeah. know, that that's yeah. what the kids are going to become, isn't it? So yeah. Um, yeah, monkey, yeah, monkey see, monkey do, right? That's uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you did you do any um, skiing? Uh, you know, because you're in, in Canada. Yeah. Did you do you so, do skiing? Yeah. So it, there was a big part of um, 
my my upbringing because I grew up in Germany and my dad was a uh, he flew the uh, the 104. He was a fighter mm-hmm. pilot. So we were I spent eight years in Germany as a young as a young uh, young kid. So we would go to France every winter and ski in the Alps. The French uh, we went Val d'Isere mostly. Okay. We, we, uh, and we would do um, a couple times. We went to uh, Austria, uh, Switzerland, Saint Moritz, and uh, but what they had was the French and the Canadian military had an exchange program where we would go to to Val d'Isere in the Alps, and there would be like a ski school mm-hmm. run for the French pilots and the Canadian pilots. So I would, so that was kind of my introduction, and then to the French uh, ski instructors because they were military. And then in the book, when I get into uh, the rep and the first company, we go and do our commando course in the uh, in the mountains, and it's you know the similar type regiment. And then I do my mountain warfare course with the second company, which is the mountain company and the rep. And I do my because um, I could ski well because I always skied. I did my mountain uh, high alpine pathfinder course, and uh, yeah, it, it it put me in a good standing in the team because I had the the ability and the skills on, on the on the hills, you know. So, and I, I ski to this day. Um, and on our time off, when I was in the Legion, on our time off, we'd go to uh, Ting all the time. I was snowboarding at the time, but uh, I had a longboard. You know, I was into the kind of the, the freestyle stuff. But uh, yeah, I'd go when I when I could. I'd go to uh, I'd go to Ting, and uh, yeah, I love the Alps. Yeah. And yeah, I ski. Yeah, yeah. I I ski now when I can. My kids are good skiers. Um, yeah, I, I I have a lot of time for uh, yeah, for skiing. Too, and uh, then I I've... I fly the heli skiing. You know, in the winter time. Uh, Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't get to enjoy it. I just get to make sure that they get up to the top without yeah, uh, scaring yeah. everyone but uh yeah maybe so, one day i'll get in the back yeah so we do we have a little bit of skiing in scotland but you know if you've if you've skied in the alps i've been three times um, yeah. to the alps to, to ski. Go. uh so i've been to val d'isere um, nice, yeah. and yeah. i've been to chamonix, chamonix yeah. twice to ski yeah so that actually yeah. that way that this little cup is from cool. uh chamonix yeah, yeah. Uh, so skied there twice. Um, uh, you know, that's where I would move if I, uh, you know, if I, I won the lottery. Yeah. I would uh, yeah. I'd have a place in Chamonix because you can climb hills all summer and ski. Yeah. I'm, I'm a terrible skier, but you know, I can get I can get down a slope nice and slowly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah cool. so, we, so we, we have some skiing in Scotland, but it's 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 quite shit. It's not. Yeah. It's okay, but it's not great. Enough, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, yeah. It's hard. Uh, it's hard to compete with the Alps. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just yeah. So, yeah it's, it is what um, it is. Uh, I've said this a few times to people. You know, they've been in the podcast. I say, you know, if you know, Chamonix is an amazing place. Um, it doesn't look real. So we, I've got pictures from. I've done the marathon and and uh, Mont Blanc marathon as well, and um, I have pictures on my phone. It, it doesn't look like a real place. You go yeah. fucked. It just looks. Yeah. It's an insane place. Like I love a poster. it. Poster, it yeah. does. It's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's a. Uh, Super, Neat. super cool. Um, yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm now starting to get to the point, Ali, where I'm uh, running out of things to talk about. My brain, my, my brain. I know my brain when it gets to about an hour 15, I start going. Just before we wrap all up, Joe, I know you mentioned it a few times during the podcast, but do you want to let people know where they can find out more about you and all your um, your Legion engineered stuff, and we'll put it in the notes yeah. as well on the podcast. Yeah, no, um, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, the book, I guess, Appel, it's you know on Amazon, uh, ebook, Kindle, iTunes, Google Play, Kobo, the Audible 
uh, audiobook will be out in July. And then uh, Legion Engineered uh, at www.legionengineered.com is obviously online. There is a link there for the book too, as it, you know, obviously the, the sales will, will help that cause. And then, um, yeah, if you want to kind of help, not necessarily help the cause, but, you know, talk to or listen to some of the uh, guests that we have that are kind of in connection to that, it's at the System D podcast, um, which is, you know, there's the Facebook page and then, yeah, SoundCloud, all kind of, all kind of stuff, similar type effort to what you guys are doing. So yeah, no, I appreciate this opportunity and it was, yeah, it was cool talking to you and I wish yeah. you guys luck on your, on your efforts and good for you, man. Keep it up. Yeah. It's, uh, and, it's been uh, good. And you, and you, um, yeah, cool. Appreciate thank it. Episode 24 in the can, Joe Struthers. Thanks again for taking the time to join us this evening. Thanks, gents. Appreciate it, man. Keep safe. You too. Right on. Silly Goose Gang Podcast.